Hello there from the interwebs. Uh, Kaha Club. This is episode eight. Uh, it's been a little while since I've done one of these episodes. Uh, I've just been carrying it away with life, work, um, and doing them the MMA uh, episodes. Uh, I just really like talking about fighting uh, and kind of get carried away with that and those have ended up being longer because I'm doing recaps and previews within one episode. So the last one I did was almost two hours of me just talking about fights. Um, So I mean, that's plenty enough talking for me. I'm not a very talkative person or sociable person at all. So just doing one of these things and talking to a microphone, although I'm not actually talking to a human being, just literally talking, um, that long is sufficient so (laughs) I strayed away from these episodes uh like I said before I just I I enjoy talking about fights um and instead of talking about you know random things that pop in my head and main reason why I started this and to maybe not influence people or even try to sway people but at least just put thoughts and ideas out there that maybe people may or may not agree with but give them something to think about and just make them realize you know everything's not always or nothing's really black and white besides the few things that we've agreed on like don't cheat don't lie don't steal don't kill don't rape you know, those sort of things, but, you know, people still do it, that's the world we live in, it's fucked up, but that's how it is, um, don't even know why I'm talking about, oh, and that's why I brought this episode, or that's why I started this, uh, just talking about shit that's fucked up, um, everyone might not agree with, but, uh, you gotta make light of it, either making light of it by shining a light on it, or make light of it by joking about it and being like, yeah, it's fucked up, but, in this fucked up world, we can still find humor in it. We can still find uh, love and beauty and laughter and happiness. Um, so even though some people, even myself included, might some find themselves in a dark place, uh, you can find light. You can find sunshine. You can find happiness. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good today. Uh, I live in Wisconsin. It's what, March is it 21st or something like that? It's Friday. So it's Friday, um, and also this is probably the nicest day it's been in, you know, since fucking fall or summer. Um, it's been a crazy winter. It's been a ter- worst winter of my life. Uh, I've been in Wisconsin now for two years, but came like halfway through the winter last last year. Um, and it wasn't that bad. I thought it was terrible being from, being from Virginia, but, uh. This winter was even worse. You know, it was just cold all the time. But today is... I think it's like 50 degrees. Let me check real quick. Okay, not even. It's fucking 46. And I'm like, wow, it's beautiful outside. I have the door cracked. I turned off the fucking heater. It feels fucking amazing. And it's not even 50. <laughs> if I was in Virginia... Um, Especially by the beach, you know, with the the wind coming off the beach, I'd be fucking, I'd be, uh, I'd be bitching about how it was chilly outside. 
but damn, it's nice out, it's sunny, it's Friday, um, hell yeah, so it's a good day, um, just first off, uh, I just want to add that I, I mean, not that you might care, but at least for me, when I listen to podcasts, ads are super annoying, um, it's kind of annoying at the start, you know, you start a podcast and you're like, oh, they start with ads. Um, and that's kind of how mine have been. And I changed my MMA series once where I put the ad right in between the recap and the previews. So that way, you know, exactly like, I'll be like, okay, this is where we're ending. Uh, you can skip through the ad, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I might do that here and these ones too, but I'm going to keep these to an hour more than likely, unless I have things that I really want to touch base on. Uh, this is really just a moment for me to spitball and shit on and just explore ideals, thoughts, um, and topics in today's and, uh, even past, uh, events. Um, so yeah, uh, speaking of today's events, tomorrow I'm going to see Ron White, uh, the hilarious comedian, live, uh, in Madison at the Orpheum Theater, um, can't wait i've seen a bunch of comedy since i've been in madison man madison is a great place for comedy uh a comedy club that they have on state street it's literally comedy on straight is <coughs> excuse me it's a great club i've gone to a few open mics uh, i've seen i've seen uh, uh shane mouse uh his i believe it was called stand-up science show where he uh he did some stand-up, he had some local guys do some stand, or he had his local guy do some stand-up, but then he also brought in two professors from the University of Wisconsin, because where Madison is the University of Wisconsin, it's that in the capital, that's essentially what's here, uh, so it's a pretty cool place, um, but essentially took these professors and, uh, uh, just had them explain their work, and then after they explained the work, you know, and it wasn't, like, supposed to be funny. He's not trying to make these uh, intellects and these professors, you know, try stand-up comedy for the first time. No, they just explained their work, and uh, it was, uh, and then that he would do stand-up and kind of riffed off the material that they presented, and then at the end, they did a little Q&A, so that was pretty cool. I saw that there. I was in the front row there, so that was pretty cool because they had a slideshow, and I could actually see, you know, it was on the slides. I can't imagine if you were in the back because I've been in the back of that room. I saw uh, also Christina Pazinski, uh, Tom Segura's wife. I think I mentioned this before on here uh, at the same club, and I sat all the way in the back for that. So I couldn't, I don't think I'd be able, I mean, I have good eyesight from far away, but I don't think I would have been able to see the details that they were talking about, like on their slideshows. But nonetheless, it was a really, it's a fucking amazing club. Um, it's just a fun time being there. Um, and dude, there's some funny open micers too, man. Like I thought about trying comedy, my stand up myself, just like get a crack at open mics. Um, first of all, I'm fucking deathly afraid of public speaking. That's probably my biggest fear. Um, I'd rather, honestly, I'd probably rather get in a cage with somebody and fight them than have to speak in front of an audience, even if it's like 10 people. Um, 
I don't know what it is. I think I've grown out of it a little over time, but I also haven't done it since fucking literally my public speaking class in college or some other. No, I mean, I did some presentations in business class after that. And oh, yeah, like our 300 uh, business project or whatever. Um, But I fucking hate it. I hate speaking in front of people. So that's (laughs) made reason why I haven't tried. But also. I went to a couple open mics. I want to see, like, oh, like, how, how, not how good are these people, like, judging the talent, but, like, you know, if I saw some people do it and be like, oh, I, I could do that. But then I, I went and I'm like, damn, dude, like, you probably see, I probably saw, t- you see, like, 20 to 25 comedians and basically all of them are funny. At least 20 out of 25. Um, and it, even if they weren't funny, you could tell people had premises or they thought about it and they've written jokes and things like that. Um, I've been back a couple times. Uh, I think I first started back in December. I don't know. But you see, you do start to see the same people doing the, the same material. But I know that's what comedy is. You work through your same jokes until it looks good and it's like perfect. And then you find what works and you keep doing it. Um, but then you kind of see that you can, even though I don't know, it's, I feel like I can tell a couple guys that have been doing the same jokes for maybe like 10 years, but who knows? I don't fucking know. I applaud anybody that, just like I applaud anybody that steps in the cage, even if you're fucking CM Punk and you suck, um... He still did it. I mean, he'd probably, still probably beat me up. I mean, he's a four, four-year-old man. But, uh, yeah, just like I applaud anybody that even attempts to step, or does step in that cage, no matter your skill level, no matter if you get your ass beat, I applaud anybody that goes up and stands in front of a group of people and just talks, even if it's just an open mic night for, you know, three or five minutes. Um, that's incredibly brave, and that scares the fuck out of me. Like I said, I'd probably rather fight in in front of millions of people uh, in a cage on TV, even if I get my ass beat. You know, obviously I wouldn't want to get my ass beat, but, you know, I don't think I'd sign up for a fight. I'd think I'd lose, you know. (laughs) But I'm not a fighter either, though, so that's what I'm saying. Um, But yeah, Madison's a great comedy scene. I've seen... uh, I've seen that stand-up science show I was talking about with Shane Mouse. I think that's how you say it. Um, uh, I saw Christina Pazinski there. Been to a bunch of open mics. Saw Chris D'Elia live at the Orpheum Theater where I'm going to be seeing Ron White tomorrow. Can't wait. Uh, and then I'm seeing Tom Segura there as well. A couple weeks. I think uh, April 11th or something like that. Um, I'm really excited. Uh, should be a fun time. Um, there's also fights on tomorrow, but they're on ESPN Plus, so I'll probably just watch them after, after, uh, after I see Ron stand up. I might, I don't know if I'll go out afterwards, we'll see. Um, last time I went out, I went out, uh, I've mentioned this before, the last time I went to a comedy show, I went out afterwards, with Chris, after the Christina Pazinski show. Got pretty drunk, but then I slipped and hit my head, and things got fucked up from there. Um, So I don't know if I'll go out. I might have a drink or two, but nothing crazy. 
And then just come back and watch fights and uh, get stony baloney. But yeah, that's me. That's my life. Um, that's my ranting intro. Um, I guess one little more update. I uh, Instead of, you know, I said before, I'd be writing these, what I want to talk about in the notes on my phone. I mean, I'll probably still do that, but it won't be as concrete. Uh, before I was reading off my phone and kind of like switching back and forth between applications and it's kind of annoying. I mean, it's just annoying for me trying to switch between things and not having, you know, what I want to talk about right up in front of me while having, you know, the recording open, make sure that's going and everything's flowing. Um, so I started to write shit down. I bought some notebooks, um, which I needed to do. I when I was in school, I wrote everything down, even if it, even if I didn't think it would come up later, or I thought it was important. You know, I'd write it down, make sure I wouldn't forget. Um, so forget everything, because um, most things I don't care about. Um, that's just how it is. But if you write it down, you won't forget. And it's just stupid shit, like... I don't even know. Like, what do I ever... I mean, I wrote down things I'm going to talk about on this podcast. Um, so it's good for that. I'm going to use a notebook for that. But also just things like... You know, clean the bathroom more. You know, get a quarter roll from a bank. Or, oh yeah, I gotta still pay this part of the bachelor party. Or, hey, fuck face, vacuum your carpet. Or like, you know... Just simple shit. And then I know, okay, when I'm at those times where like, oh, fuck, I'm bored, or like, I should be doing something, I'll go to here and be like, oh, yeah, I forgot, I have to do that. So I wrote it down. Um, and, I mean, that's what I did all throughout college. And I was, not that I was a good student, but, I mean, I graduated. Um, and it was probably the laziest student in the world, but I... Got decent grades considering I gave zero fucks and did it all by writing shit down and just remembering it later. Um, <laughs> uh, just reading everything over right before the test or something like that. Um, maybe a couple times over. And then you got it. Or hey, remember you have that assignment due tomorrow. You know, otherwise I'd forget. I'd get high, play video games, you know, hang out with friends, hang out with your roommates, go to your girlfriends, you know, get drunk, whatever. Um, and I did this in the beginning of my job. I was writing things down, stuff like that, but then things get piled on top and you just stop writing things down and you just start doing. You get caught in the momentum of just do, 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 do. But you don't document and you're not writing down what you did or you're accomplished or oh yeah, I did complete that, but there's this one little thing that I also wanted to attach to it, make it a little better. Although it's not really necessary, it's something I think that should be added. Or, you know, and then, but that would get lost because the very next day, you know, something piles on top of you and you forget. You know, that's just life. Um, but I find if I write things down, um, I just keep better track of them and I'm just more successful. Um not only in work or schoolwork, but in just life. Um, I don't feel shittily about the things that I keep putting off. Because <laughs> I write them down like, oh yeah, I haven't crossed that one off the list yet. It's still there. Oh, and I write, in the notebooks, I write everything in pen. No fucking pencil, man. You write something down, it's permanent, it doesn't go away. 
Um, doesn't even if you scratch through it and say it's complete or you put that check by it, it's still there. Um, and hey, you'll have a record uh, that you completed it. So hey, even better. Not only do you get the personal satisfaction of actually completing it, you got a physical representation of proof that you did something. It's like working out. It's like getting bigger biceps. Same shit. But yeah. So I write shit down. Blah, 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 blah. I know you don't give a fuck. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. There's 16 minutes of nonsense. <clears throat> so talk about things I don't give a fuck about. Um, so I wrote this down like two weeks ago. But it was just, I don't know why. I, I guess I just get in shitty moods sometimes. But maybe I'm bipolar, or maybe I'm just human, um, or maybe I'm too aware, I'm too observant of the, of the world. I look at too much bad stuff because it's easy to find bad things and things are wrong with the world um, because they lead the headlines, they get the most clicks, they get the most you know shares, blah 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 blah. Um, so I wrote this down, so what I wrote down was the only difference between today and yesterday is the Earth's position in its orbit around the sun. Um, at kind of in a logical standpoint, and if, um, in your understanding of the universe as a whole, if you understand that we are just, you know, we're just this some kind of primate, primate mammal that, uh, walks around on earth um, that used to come from monkeys and you know shit before that I think we used to be like mole rats a version of like a mole rat and way before that we were single celled organisms and before that there was nothing it was just a rock um, and now we're just people that lives on this rock um, amongst other floating rocks and a and we travel around a floating I guess not floating because it's space, but just this essentially floating ball of light and energy that gives life to things. I mean, that in water, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but you know what I'm saying, I think. Essentially, in the large, if you, if you were a scientist... <laughs> If you were like a uh, astrophysicist and all you concentrated was on like planets and the orbits and gravitational forces of things and how this affects this or that or um, other universes out there or mirrors, blah, 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 whatever it is, the infinite vastness of the space, how, how big is it? Is it expanding? Is it, you know, in a constant state of expanding and uh, shrinking? I don't know, <laughs> but in the vast scheme of things, as far as we know, as humans' day-to-day life on a logical, universal, universal big-picture standpoint, the only difference is we were X, the Earth was X position yesterday around the orbit of the sun, and now today it is X plus one, you know, X plus 24 hours, or whatever it is, um, whatever the 
distance that it moves between that time period. Uh, and without distance and without time, you can't have one or the other. I'm not going to get into that because I'm going to go down a black hole. Um, and I don't know. I honestly wrote that down in a cynical state of mind. I was in a shitty mood. I think it was a little after I bumped my head and uh, my rib was a little bruised. So I was being a little soft to myself. I wasn't working out. So I wasn't appropriately focusing my stress in the proper locations instead of exerting it through, you know, lifting some weights or going on a run or hitting hitting the punching bag. I would just see friends or even random people and people I have no idea who they are. You know, on fucking social media the fake thing on the planet. Um and see that, you know, people are just saying dumb shit and you know, the main reason that can be ticked off is just we, every single day is a national this day, national sandwich day, national shoe day, international biscuit day, you know, international coffee day, notebook day, you know, dick day. What the fuck? And I don't know. I was just like, there's no difference between the days. The days are all 24 hours and blah, 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 blah. You know, essentially from a, if you look at it from a computer stand, programming standpoint, the object of a day is always the same. It always has the same dimensions. But at the same time, it doesn't. Um, now that I'm thinking about it, a more level-headed and positive-focused uh, mindset, every day is fucking different, you fucking idiot. Um even if you do the same exact thing, even if you go to work, and even if you just wake up, go to work, come home, eat, go to sleep, eat, watch TV, go to sleep, and do the same thing the next day. Well, even if you do the same thing the next day, you're not really. Even if you watch the same TV series, I doubt you're going to watch the same exact episode. You know, you're going to watch the next one, or maybe a different movie. Or the problem at work was different. Even if it's the same exact problem, guess what? It will just be a second instance of that problem. So even though it's kind of exactly the same, it's different because it's a new day. And each day is a new life. And a gift. And although you, I can get cynical, we all can get cynical and bipolar. Um... Now this life is full of beauty. It's full of happiness. Um, and I guess I get cynical too. is because people... People almost feel a need to make every day special. Which I get. Because it's tough out there. It's tough going to a job that you do the same thing every day. And especially if you don't like it. Um... You know, when I was a kid, I didn't think I'd be sitting at a desk working on computer shit. You know, fixing people's problems that they don't understand. But that's that's what it is. I kind of like it in a nerd standpoint. I like finding where there's issues with data and where it's missing and why this or that isn't running correctly. Um, or why it is. And then you have to explain to somebody that doesn't understand it. Um, 
but you know, I always thought of being a fucking, I don't know, I always wanted to be a professional athlete, and that was it, and then that time passed, and here we are, I kind of just landed into this, um, you know, and sometimes you can get stuck in the monotony of life and the rat race, and, uh, uh, I gotta pay my bills, da da da. I got college loans. Um, you know, why waste my time doing this or that or wasting money on trips to go see friends or, you know, a concert or a stand up comedian you like? You know, it's like, fuck, I gotta save, I gotta save, I gotta save, I gotta hoard, you know, one day, da da da. What if I get in a car accident? What if I accidentally get a girl pregnant that I don't love? <laughs> like, like, there's so many what ifs, but like, you don't know until you fucking take that step, motherfucker. You don't know until you stick it in. <laughs> you don't know what's gonna happen until you fuck that day. Until you fuck your life. You know, don't fuck it up. You know, try to pull out before you fuck it up. <laughs> but you're not gonna get anything accomplished if you just sit in there, man. If you just sit and waiting for shit to happen. You know, even though, you know, sometimes, you know, patient is a virtue, and yes, you should wait for things, especially if someone does, you know. Um, but I don't know, you just gotta go get it, go have that, uh, that go-getter mentality. Fuck the day, you know. You know, honestly, I'm going to write that down right now. That is going to be the episode of this podcast. Fuck the day. Right? I'm going to see. So that way, I will never have this podcast put on other platforms. I keep trying to push it. You know, this Anchor's pretty cool. I'm... Uh, doing these podcasts through this app called Anchor, and this is not an ad, even though I do have an ad talking about how cool it is, but it is cool, and I'll probably have play one here shortly, actually. But honestly, um, it allows me to record, but, uh, you know, you can connect to Spotify and iTunes and pull in songs and music and things like that. You can record little jingles. I mean, you can do anything. You can record anything you want, slice it together, edit it right there, pretty simply. Uh, you know, drag the segments back and forth. It's simple. And then you can push it out through Anchor, or then you can share through Twitter, Facebook, um, wherever. I wish they had an upload thing to YouTube, but I guess this is just straight audio, so I guess it makes sense. You know, it's on video. Um, Why was I talking about that? Oh, but yeah, they have a cool. Th- they also have a cool thing, a cool option, like a distribution where you can just click, boom, distribute. You know, all to the podcast platforms, and then it will apply your podcast um, to these platforms, and you know, it's supposed to get you accepted and get you out there. But mine keeps getting rejected. Um, <laughs> I don't blame them, first of all. But come on. But I understand. It, I've, and then I go to the reasons for rejection. You know, they don't give you a reason. They give you a, quote, possible reasons. And they list a bunch of things. But, uh, 
Damn, my bad. Just drink some water and choked on it like a child. But uh, they give me reasons like uh, some of the reasons have been like uh, mention of illegal substances or uses of that or something like that. I was like, oh, well, yeah. Well, that's <coughs> that's entire this entire podcast. I mean, it's Kyle High Club. I mean, it's a play on Mile High Club. You know, like Denver, the city, um, like the stadium. That's what they call the football stadium there. I mean, it's not what it, the official name, but that's like the nickname. And also, the Mile High Club, as everyone knows, is you fuck on an airplane, join the Mile High Club. I don't think you're actually a mile up. You might be. I don't know. Not a aviator or <coughs> somebody who has ever looked that up, but um, so play on that on um, getting high. Um, it's also kind of a play on my high club, you know, sports and things like that. But I'm just fucking around. Like yeah, I might talk about some weed. So I had that. Another reason was profanity, and yes. <laughs> I'm going to curse all the fuck I want. Um, But so does everybody else. Uh, They have tons of podcasts on iTunes and things like that where they curse. um, So I don't know why I would get denied because of that. Um, It might be because there was profanity in my description. Literally, my description was Kyle gets high and talks about shit. So that's two things right there that they already mentioned. Oh, you're talking about being high and then also you cursed you said shit you said a naughty poopy word you know would you rather me say stuff or things Kyle talks about things and I think I did change the description to that <laughs> cause I was seeing if they would accept it but it got declined well I don't think I've tried again yet but we'll see but um the only reason I brought that up is because this episode is going to be called Fuck the Day. Um, and, yeah, that will just probably lead to me never getting pushed to these quote-unquote platforms. So that's all right. I'm putting these all up on my website. Um, anybody can get to in the world. I know nobody's going to be checking my website daily. I don't even go to it. <laughs> But it's there. Um, it's whatever. It's some, I mean, I'll pay for it once a year. It's not much hosting or GoDaddy uh, or domain registration. KyleHighClub.com. I own that. Um, I'll probably buy the other domain names in the future. But we'll see. They keep asking me to buy KyleHigh.club. I'm like, huh, probably. But not yet, Sunny. But yeah, the only difference between today and yesterday is literally everything you did yesterday and today. You know, I understand people want to, people want to make every day special, make every day a holiday, but, you know, and humans kind of need that. That's kind of how we survived for hundreds of thousands of years. We told stories, uh, you know, before there was ever writing or books or anything. Well, obviously you can't have books without writing people orated they told stories um of their ancestors or of nature and or of events and then attribute it to spirits or natural phenomenon or gods uh 
and then create these mythical things and these stories to try to help guide the future and try to stray them in a path that they went down and it went this way and maybe it should have gone this way or whatever or they're just trying to pass on advice it's just like what anybody tries to do with their kids um you know most uh parents or at least i don't know what most parents do today i don't fucking know but i assume most parents don't go to their kids and be like hey read all these books this is what you'll learn about life okay get to it peace um no i'd like to think that most parents talk to their kids and tell them things but i fear that's not the case either i fear now it's just parents just give their kids a screen it's like hey get distracted so you can leave me the fuck alone um you know i hate my life so just be distracted so blah 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 blah. so you can hate your life too i don't know it's very odd but why am i talking about this i don't even know i have zero point whatsoever i'm just rambling And I guess since I'm rambling and I'm kind of going to switch gears on the next topics I'm talking about, well, I guess I could stop here and play an ad. Yeah, I'll stop here and play the stupid anchor ad, um, say fast forward after this and get through that. And then we'll pick up on a little deeper stuff. All right, peace. I'll be back. It's not peace. I'll be back. <laughs> so, and uh, welcome back. I hope you skipped through that boring ad. I don't even know what it sounds like anymore. And fuck it. <clears throat> they give me like 10 cents if somebody listens or something like that. I don't even fucking know. Bank account's not even connected to it. So, <clears throat> but yeah. Um, so, I recently just watched and finished uh, uh, Narcos Mexico. Their first season of you know doing Narcos in Mexico. It's the fourth season of Narcos overall. Uh, the first two detailed Pablo Escobar. Uh, and then once he, spoiler alert, was killed on the rooftops. I think it was in Medellin. I can't remember the city, but I don't know. <clears throat> um, the third season was the Cali Cartel, and then the fourth is about Mexico and Felix Gallardo. And how he organized the Mexican cartel. And, you know, how essentially the war on drugs started today. And how, yeah, it was, it was I don't know, it was just really good. Uh, it's a really good show. I wasn't too keen to watching it because Pablo Escobar is such a big character and, you know, individual he was very flashy, killed a lot of people. He did terrorist attacks and things like that. Um, Goddamn, the actor for him in those first two seasons was just amazing. He killed it. And spoiler alert, he shows up in season four. Uh, him and Gallardo. 
Felix Gallardo, the guy that organizes the Mexican cartel, and this season of Mexico is uh, centered around centered around him and this uh, police officer, Kike, Kiki Hernandez. I think it's Hernandez. Hernandez. If it's not, I'm sorry. It was a really good show because it showed that. Uh, well, and now we know it's organized, but back then they didn't know that you could organize something like a bunch of especially mob or crime bosses, individual, you know, it's kind of like the Middle Ages um, where there was castles in like every town and each, you know, king of the castle ruled the town as a king and that was his land and then the next town over, it was that king's land and he did whatever the fuck he wanted and the rules applied there but not outside um that's essentially how they operated back i think it was back i don't know 70s 80s um it's during uh fucking reagan and the just say no bullshit the dare program and all that now we know it's all bullshit but um yeah they showed that this one guy Felix Gallardo basically got all these crime bosses these individual bosses together and made them organize under one roof to create a distribution network for marijuana from Mexico to the US um you know they had a supply they created a huge ass fucking field in the desert with top of the scale like and just genius irrigation and you know, just complex, essentially. Just a marijuana growing complex for the rest of the world. <laughs> and especially the U.S. And, you know, they had it. They were shipping it over on planes and also in cars. They found ways to hit it in cars and things like that. And most of the cars that don't, they don't check every single vehicle at the border. They can't. It's too many people. Um, and same thing with, like, shipping containers and things like that. I think most of like ninety five percent of the crates go unchecked. It's probably ninety nine percent, honestly. Um, I say I think most of that shit, not most of it, but there's some of them that are definitely going to be containing drugs, illegal drugs, worth a shit ton of money once they make it over here and you sell it. Because people like to do drugs, especially when they got money to spend on it, man. You know, when, as I was talking about earlier, when you're living that repetitive lifestyle and just doing the same shit over and over again, guess what makes it fun? Drugs, alcohol, booze, marijuana, coke, heroin, whatever you're into. Um, I'm really only into weed. Yes, I still drink because it gets me out of that shell sometimes. It releases that... That extra level of consciousness that keeps telling me things like, hey, don't do that. Don't say that. You know, you drink, you just say shit. You say things that you shouldn't. Not that I shouldn't say it, but normally, most of the time, I'm telling myself not to say anything. So at least I'm talking if I'm drunk, but who knows? It's me, it's me just blabbering on about bullshit like I am right now. But, um,. It's a cool cool episode to watch, mainly because you could show that the cartel could or- get organized within themselves and within the individual, like, quote-unquote, crime families or individual operations. But what was even interesting is how 
but you can organize it for the entire fucking country. And how they had protection of what is essentially like the CIA of Mexico. I forget what they called it. I think it was DFS. Um, something like that. Essentially, you know, they because they're making a shit ton of money, they just uh, they give um, they get protection from essentially these. Uh, it's not, you know, they first of all they pay the local police. I mean, that's easy. The guys that are making, you know, the guys lowest on the totem pole in the justice system, or at least executing justice. Um, you know, in a uh, in a fraudulent system, a fraudulent country, fraudulent state, um, it's pretty easy to call it, take a couple thousand bucks just to, you know, because a guy tells you to, or, you know, just because he wants you to look the other way while, you know, these drugs get transported or whatever. And yes, they'd hit people and carry out murders and things like that obviously awful but money is money um it's kind of fucked but everybody has a price honestly and you know they showed that it's very easy to pay the local police and then they had deals with essentially like the Mexican CIA or FBI and then it went even further, which kind of blew my mind, is politicians. Which I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but they end up getting involved. And they uh, end up getting their hands dirty with Fia Gallardo. And I don't want to give too much away at the of the show, but goddamn, the closing scene of that show was just crazy. It seemed like... Gallardo was fucked. It seems like the politicians and the United States government were going to go after him. They were going to get him. Spoiler alert. Um, essentially, yeah, I'm going to get big spoiler alerts here. So if you haven't watched it yet, just stop listening. Essentially, Kiki Hernandez, um, I forgot the actor's name. Michael Pena, I believe. Great actor. Hilarious guy. Um, but he does some drama stuff. And he's great in this role. He's not really... He's not funny at all, actually. He's very serious. Um, it's a very serious show. And it's kind of hard to find humor in. But uh, he did... And he did an amazing job. He essentially... Him and his team that were down there, which was like three or four guys, um, essentially, you know, they knew that Felix had organized this operation of weed and stuff, and then it seemed like they also, even bigger spoiler alert, he eventually agreed to deal with the Cali cartel to do coke from Mexico to U.S. And then once Pablo Escobar found about that, he got pretty much jealous and told him, hey, you're going to do half ours, half theirs when you do that. You got it, pal? Or else. He didn't say or else. Or who knows what they said, but... <laughs> and then the show, he starts it off with, oh, I don't like Mexicans, and, like, there's a hippo there. And this motherfucker has hippos just in his backyard because he's so rich. And he's like, I don't know, he he kind of mentioned, like, he would feed him to his hippo because he doesn't like Mexicans or something like that. 
and then Felix was like, well, no, you wouldn't, you would have already done it, you know, there's a reason why I'm still alive, so what's up? And Paul was like, you're smart, blah, 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 here's the deal, and at the end, Gyarados like, would you really fed me to the hippos? And he was like, nah, they don't like Mexicans either. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. Fucking racist. <laughs> racist against their own, uh, I don't want to say ethnicity because they're from different countries, but in Hispanic descent, it's not the same, but there's a lot of similarities. But if you'd said that to them, that's like saying Chinese and Koreans are the same. Or Japanese and Koreans are the same. It's just not true. They're vastly different. But to Western fucking cisgendered white males, <laughs> uh, we just call them Asians. Like, what? There's like 80 countries in Asia. What the fuck? But anyway, that's, that's besides the point. Um, yeah, essentially, Kiki Hernandez. Discovers they they discover this field. They find pictures of this field, find out where it is. They show pictures of it to essentially the U.S. ambassadors in Mexico and essentially through the entire uh, these episodes in Narcos Mexico. The United States ambassador to Mexico and whoever his team were, essentially like the government that's supposed to be helping out these agents in the field, these DEA agents in the field, they give them no assistance. They're just like, hey... That's just how it is here, man. I'm telling you, they're not organized, but, like, you know, that's just the way of doing business. And then they find, they present them evidence of this field, and it didn't seem like they wanted the evidence. It seemed they knew it was there. They seemed like they knew everything was going on, but they didn't want to know. But, um, essentially, they, Kiki and his team, I think his boss, actually, his, like, captain of the DEA force, and it's not really a force, it's like three or four agents and some secretary people. And they essentially said, well, if you do nothing about this, we're going to leak this to the press, Mexican press. And then, you know, that's just Mexico, baby. You know, things just happen. And they're like, oh, fuck. So I guess we got to do something about this. So they're like, okay, let's infiltrate. So they go in there and they infiltrate this weed farm and they burn it all to the ground, all of it kill people, all that shit, and it cripples them a little bit, and it kind of starts a spiral turn of like, oh fuck, we got to find someone to blame, obviously the Americans, and everyone wants Felix Gallardo, because he's the top guy, he's the top guy who organized this, um, and so, and actually, at least in the, in the series depiction, without his consent, because Felix Gajardo had made a deal with the politicians in the Mexican government for protection, uh, essentially army protection um, from anybody, you know, essentially. Um, and he actually made a deal with them back when to get control of the um, Tijuana Plaza. From, I forgot from the guy's name, but essentially he got the the okay on the deal and then they took that guy out they murdered him right, right at his home in front of his associate who was trying to make a separate deal but I mean you'll just have to watch the show and um 
And essentially, they burn that field. Everyone's like, okay, we got to get Gallardo. We think we got him. We think we know where his, where his uh, office is, this and that. They get warrants, blah, blah, blah. They bring in a guy. They bring in a guy who's like, fuck warrants. Like, we're going after motherfuckers. And he finds him. This guy who's like, fuck warrants. Like, fuck these guys. Um, we're going after We're going after Gallardo. We're going to get him. We're going to arrest him. And he gets him, and how the story goes, or at least how they depict it, gets him on the knees, and he's like, here's the handcuffs. He's like, you better tell me everything now, or I shoot you, or whatever. I don't know. And then so he goes, Gallardo's like, I have the tapes. Oh, and I forgot to mention. Without Gallardo's consent, the politicians that he made a deal with had kidnapped Kiki had kidnapped the DEA agent that Michael Pena plays and essentially torture him for information because they wanted to know what they knew about Felix's operation because um, he because essentially the politicians in the Mexican government wanted to know if they knew if they were involved they wanted to know if they knew if the Mexican government was in coordination with Felix Gallardo and these, you know, organized criminals or whatever. And they were, of course, so they're organized criminals as well. They just happened to put on, you know, have a different title in the public's image. And they wear suits. Um... So yeah, they torture Kiki, and they tape these torturings and interrogations, and they ask him, they do, like fucking idiots, they directly ask him the names of the people that are involved. They're like, do you know this person? Have you heard this guy's name before? What do you know about him? Do you know about him and his involvement? And at least as far as the series goes, it doesn't look like he tells them anything. And it doesn't look like they knew. It doesn't look like the Mexican government knew. Or at least the DEA agents knew the Mexican government was in on it. They didn't know it went all the way to the top. But they definitely suspected. But they didn't have proof. Um, you know, it's pretty easy to tell. And I mean, from the viewer standpoint, it was definitely how they were uh, trying to depict the show. So essentially, uh, they ended up killing Kiki because, you know, you just told him the names of the guys that are involved. He's going to go back and tell his comrades, even if no one believes him. Somebody might believe him and then they might make action. They can't, you know, they just have to tie up loose ends, so they kill him. So now we'll never know what they actually discussed. But they do have tapes, and they tape the interrogations, and guess who has the tapes? Felix Gallardo. And guess who has the tapes of the names mentioned? Felix Gallardo. And so while he, at least in the series, while he's on his knees, and this guy, this essentially Mexican um, operative who's like, fuck warrants, we're catching this guy because I hate people like this guy. You know, I come from a successful family. I don't need money, blah, blah, blah. I don't need power. I'm good. And I'm going to catch the bad guy. Or at least how it's portrayed. 
And so when he's essentially sitting there, he's like, dude, tell me everything or I'll put a bull in your head. So at least in the series, Gallardo goes, I have the tapes. I have the tapes and the names mentioned from names of like your bosses and the people you work for. The people who are telling you to come get me now are bigger crooks than all of us. And I have them. I have the proof that they are involved. He's like, I can leak it or you can just let me go. And your bosses will stay in power or everybody will know. And goddamn the closing scene I mean they didn't show him like leaving and like okay you're good to go bro like yeah we got a deal but essentially the closing scene was everybody that Felix Gallardo had brought together and organized were in this basically doing the same thing they came together and organized and were like okay it looks like Felix is fucked looks like the Americans and the Mexican government are going after him together in coordination and then come to find out Felix has the tapes that basically incriminate the Mexican government so then the Mexican government is like well fuck we kind of have to let him you know take power (laughs) and essentially the closing seed is fucking Felix Gallardo and the fucking military hopping on you know, hopping in this fucking luxurious ass fucking meeting spot in like mansion and just taking it over. And I don't know if they killed people. They probably did. Probably the guards and stuff. But like the main people, he just like pops in. He's like, hey guys, what's up? What were you guys talking about? Are oh, you talking about how I'm done? Well. <laughs> I just flew in with the Mexican army, bro. I think we're good. He's like, that was just a misunderstanding. So business back to normal, right? Okay. <laughs> I basically just laid his fist down. I was like, no, you guys aren't ring organizing. Somebody's not taking over this shit. It's mine. Um, and now I think I'm the most powerful guy in Mexico because now I control the politicians as well. And essentially the season ended. <laughs> And then they have this little, I guess, outro where the narrator, which I believe is the same agent from season one and two, the white guy, are, and uh, he uh, tells, hey, you know, with the killing of Kiki and, you know, basically that whole interrogation process has made, this started the drug war. Between United States and America. Or at least that's how they present it. And the main reason I'm talking about it is. I don't really believe that story. I think that's the story we're being told. Because honestly I think the United States government is in bed with the Mexican government. And even probably the cartels. Um, Because am I saying they're bad people? I I think it's really all just about money, man. That is the biggest fucking market in the world. It has to be. What? 
Is there a bigger market, at least money-wise, than the black market drug-dealing market? I don't think there's anything that makes as much money as that. It literally can buy an entire government. Um, And it did it seem pretty easily in Mexico. And then if you have a steady route and supply of these drugs, and as I stated earlier, you can't check every car, you can't check every plane, you can't check every cargo shipment, and all the other shit we're also shipping to and from China every day, to and from around the world every day, all the shit that we consume from food to, I don't know, plastic toys to fucking, I don't everything, furniture, most of it's not made here. Like, we ship all this shit in where we have, you know... What we consider as lesser individuals because they don't make as much zeros and ones than us because they're not propped up by a war industrial complex. And I think even probably a drug, they're just a military technological pharmaceutical and black market drug and industry i think that's what we are as a country um i think the black market only exists because honestly most people buying drugs are the united states citizens and yes they are in like europe and things like that i'm sure they are in japan australia but this has got to be the biggest market it's the market that people are most willing to pay people like to fuck a party uh there's a lot of abundance in this country because we have it good as citizens, as normal everyday citizens, you have it good. I can walk down the street, um, go grab a sandwich, go get a fucking haircut. You know, I can go go chiropractory. I can go fucking liquor store, drink myself to death, whatever. I can get whatever the fuck I want. I could, or I could sit at home and just type in an Amazon. I won't be here tomorrow or in two days. Um, it's fucking amazing. I love it. I love life. It's so awesome. At the same time, we're propped up by the evil empire, son. Um, And I find this, and I mean, I don't, it's kind of fucked up because I don't really care at the end of the day because my life's not affected by it as long as I get to continue to do the things I said before. Go to comedy shows, that sort of thing, enjoy my life, you know, try to meet new people, try to meet uh, friendly, cute girls, um... That's honestly all I care about. I'm just talking to talk and just have a discussion. I'm not saying these things are true or that somebody should take action against the government because I'm not fucking going to do it. What am I going to do? I'm not going to do shit. Um, and I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to do shit except talk shit about it. Um, and that's it. Um, and as Americans, that is our right. And I believe that should always be our right. Um... Someone tells me I can't say the things I say, then fuck you. I'll say that. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say because it's. I feel like as long as you're not hurting anybody, taking something away from somebody, or or inciting violence, or telling people to hurt people, then I think you should be able to do and say whatever the fuck you want, as long as you're not hurting anybody, or trying to instigate hurting somebody. I think you should be allowed to hurt yourself all you want. If you want to fucking slit your wrist, or hang yourself, or kill yourself, go ahead. I don't think you should, but I think you should have the right. 
I think you should be you should have the right to inject heroin into your system. I don't think you should. I wouldn't advise you if you're my buddy, like, hey, I'm thinking of injecting heroin, I'd be like, no, don't do that. But I don't think it should be a philosophy if I catch you doing it, I'll throw you in a fucking box for years and you are put in the worst place on earth and your freedom stripped from you. <laughs> like what? Yeah, that's how I'm definitely going to learn about myself and become a better person, is if you take everything away from me. You know? I don't know. I just think it's ridiculous, and I guess if there was one thing i say we could do, just fucking stop with the... It's so simple, and this is why I think... I'm not even saying it's a conspiracy, but, like, this is why I really do think the United States government probably does run the black market trade. At least the drug trade. We we already know we sold fucking guns to fucking foreign countries in the past and weapons and RPGs. Like, we, sh- we sold RPGs to people in Afghanistan when they were fighting the Russians because, you know, here's a f- five... $500 RPG shoot down a 5000 or $5 million helicopter you know that's a good price of doing war and business you know that's we are literally just a fucking big ass corporation we're a global corporation that's all the United States is uh, we're primarily focused on the bottom line and our debts are continually increasing and our profits might be increasing, but I don't, I don't think it is in the country. It's more going towards private businesses. Um, because that's just how supply and demand works. You know, governments don't really sell things unless they only sell illegal drugs <laughs> and guns to other countries, like I was just saying. But then again, it all ends up being the into one thing, you know, the private businesses and black market trading and government all will just end eventually mesh and flow into one super being, super power, and control everything. And you know, even when I'm saying it and thinking it, I don't really believe it. But I don't not believe it. Um, I just think it's really possible and mainly because of how... I was going to say how long it's taking to get marijuana legalized, but it's not even fucking legalized. It only is in like six states or like eight states or something like that. Half have medical. That's still federally... uh, Illegal. I mean, we can drink fucking Diet Coke and alcohol all day and just kill ourselves and just get fat and destroy ourselves, but you're not allowed to smoke a thing that comes out of the ground. I can't even, like, cook it in things. And, like, even though you get a lot higher that way. But, like, I can't make, even if it's, uh, delusional happiness or fake happiness you know I'm not allowed to smoke a thing that makes me happy so you're gonna so what you're telling me is you're restricting the pursuit of happiness that is unconstitutional 
Actually, it's not because that's not in the Constitution. It's the Declaration of Independence. So I guess the government is technically allowed to restrict the pursuit of happiness, which violates the Declaration of Independence and where this country is founded on. And this is the first time I'm realizing that, but literally by... Even hard drugs, even like drugs like cocaine, heroin, meth, crack, even uh, criminalizing those is a restriction on pursuit of happiness. Although I don't think, I really don't think those drugs should be legalized to where like, you know, cocaine sold at CVS down the street or your cornerstone or things like that. No, honestly, I think all drugs should be decriminalized because I don't think. As long as I said before, as long as you're not hurting anybody, I think you should be allowed, allowed to do whatever you want to yourself. If you want to get a tattoo, get a tattoo. If you want to get a fucking piercing in your eyeball, go ahead. We allow people to get piercings in their tongues and in their ears and shit and pierce their dicks and their clits and their belly buttons. But we won't let them, you know, snort a little white powder. You know, we would snort sugar in the cafeterias fucking middle schoolers like idiots cause we thought it I don't even know what we thought we were just fucking kids we're fucking monkeys man we just do shit so how can you tell another grown person they can't snort some salt bro it's fucked up I don't think you should do it you know you're not even gonna get high from that shit you know if you need to source some snort some coke bro but like you can't you can't tell another grown man or grown woman or grown human being not to do something because you know what it's the first thing they want to do you know you tell kids all from an early age don't do drugs don't do drugs just say no just say no and then you know you grow up and no one's really talked about it you know you went through the dare program in fourth grade and shit and like Honestly, I don't remember any of it. The only thing I remember was the advice they gave you on brushing your teeth. And that you should brush your tongue as well. And I was like, oh, I never knew that. No one ever told me that. Okay, I'll brush my tongue. Because they said germs can get from your tongue to your teeth. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. I'll do that. Honestly, I don't remember any of the shit they told me about drugs. I remember they probably told me that drugs are bad. Okay. But, um... That's it. And then I remember... Oh, what was the first drug I did? Was it weed? Or did I drink? I remember I cracked a... I remember my uncle came over and he drank a little bit. Left like two beers in the fridge. And one day after school, I had a sip. I opened it, had a sip. And then I... And it was disgusting. I was like, oh my god, how does anybody drink? Because, I mean, I was a kid. I was in, like, middle school. I don't even know how old I was, honestly. Maybe 14. But I, I literally just had a sip, and it was disgusting. And I literally took the... It was a twist-off. <laughs> so... Yeah, if it was a fuck, if I didn't needed a bottle opener for it, I I wanted to know what to do. I'm like, well, obviously this is childproof. I can't drink this. Fuck. <laughs> now that I'm realizing it, they should make all fucking beer 
pop-offs. They should not be no twist-off. And yes, I like the convenience of a twist-off. But now that I'm thinking about it, if you have a child or you have a fucking curious kid like me at 14, he's like, I wonder what beer tastes like. What's this thing about beer and alcohol? You know, they told me to just say no, but if I have a sip, I think I'll be okay. You know, I've seen my uncle drink it a couple times. He seemed fine. Um, you know, and he drove home, too. Um, who the hell's not to do that, but he did it. Okay. But, you know, if if I liked the taste, guess what? I would have finished it. I would have finished the beer, and I would have been wasted. And then who knows where I'd be today? I'd be getting drunk at 14. I'd have a very different story. Instead, I was like, wow, that's disgusting. I'm never going to drink ever. And obviously, that changed. Um, when was the first real beer I had? I remember the first real beer I had was sitting on the back of someone's pickup truck. I think it was my friend Taylor's pickup truck. And it was with Gunner, who my. It's one of my best friends about to get married here in the next couple months. When I was bachelor party too. <laughs> but I remember, I think my friend Grant was there, maybe Rayum and Tompkins, but I can't remember. I remember it being his first beer. It might have been his second or third beer, but he had a fight with his girlfriend at the time, which they always got in fights, and she would just bitch him for like random things, like talking to a girl or something. And, like, we're 16, 17 years old. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's so crazy how we got caught up so much back in the day. And, I mean, I still got ca- I get caught up with the girls nowadays, too. But, like, literally, you get over it, like, the next day or, like, a week later. I mean, unless you're a special somebody, then obviously it takes time to get over. But it's funny just looking back on how we thought... This girl is our world, and we do anything to please him just so I could get my dick wet. <laughs> it's fucked up, but especially at that age, man, that's all you can think about. That is all you can think about. And it's hard not to. Once you fucking, once you uh, bust that seal, it's game over, man. There's no going back. Um... <laughs> It's fucking, it's crazy, bro. I can't even, can't even describe it. It's just all you think about all day is pussy. <laughs> and I remember thinking about that, like, starting at, like, fucking 14, man. Like, 13. I remember being in 7th grade with rock hot boners. You know, at my fucking, looking at my social study teacher with these huge ass knockers. Even though she was a little older, like, she, damn, she was still fine. She was like 50. She was like my grandma's age, but she was still like fine as fuck. And she has some tatties. But <clears throat> I'm going on like a huge tangent here, but who gives a fuck? And uh, yeah, oh, good times, man. <laughs> we were just so confused. You can't learn anything. I didn't learn anything in that class. I remember was, only thing I remember from that class was this a song. That song by Billy Joel. We didn't start the fire. It was always burning since the world's been turning. We didn't start the fire. 
it was cool. And there was a lot of cool history stuff in that song. So we, like, actually studied the lyrics and, like, then talked about it and, like, talked about how it was in the culture back then. This professor obviously grew up during that time. was probably a huge Billy Idol fan or Billy Joel fan or whatever. And... Yeah, that's literally all I remember that from that class. I'm sure I learned some self-studies things and some history things that uh, if I talked about them, they trigger my brain. But I also do remember reading. I don't even remember it was preparing to, but I kind of remember reading that, like, or recognizing that my history book was just a fucking propaganda history of America. And it's telling everything that we ever did, like, we're the greatest American fucking number one. We kick ass. We've won every war. We're the best. No one can touch us. Which is pretty true. Um, and military aspect wise. And for now. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just now remembering. I kind of recognize back then. 7th grade. How old are you in 7th grade? 12? I think it was 12. That... That, uh, that, uh, history's told by the winners. And it might have been that exact quote in the history book, and somebody said it, I forget who said it. That history is told by, is told by the winners. You know, the people that lost, um, the war, the battle, they're dead, so they're not gonna write the stories. You know, and then that's how culture's influence is influenced by the winners and people that kill the other tribe. It's fucked, but that's how it is. But sorry, I went off a little tangent there. I started thinking about my first beer or first drug I ever had, which now I remember I was 12 when I first had that sip, or I was, 11, I was anywhere from 11 to 12, maybe 13. Because it was middle school. Um, then I had my first beer at 17 on the back uh, pickup of my French truck. Maybe I was 16. I think I was 17, though, early 17. And then we got hammered that summer, like, every other day. No hangovers. You go to IHOP. I get a fucking, what was it? I don't know, some kind of breakfast sandwich, and then I'd also get chocolate chip pancakes too, bitch. It was fucking awesome, and then we'd do it again. All while I was supposed to be fucking late lifting and getting ready for college football. <laughs> but whatever, no regrets about that summer at all. It was fucking amazing. And I guess backing up a little bit, the first time I ever smoked weed, I was 16. It was before a junior varsity basketball game. It was Callum, which was high school I went to, versus FC, First Colonial. And we went to a neighborhood right across the street from First Colonial. Me, a friend of mine, another friend of mine, a good friend of mine, my best friend of mine, doesn't smoke anymore. And friend, uh, well, a friend at the time, but he's not my friend now. I don't even think he was a friend of my time. He just an acquaintance, friends of another friend. Um, yeah, we just smoked a bowl, and I remember being high as fuck. 
People say they don't get high the first time, but that's because they don't know how to smoke. They don't know how to fucking inhale, you fucking amateurs. I was pro since day one. Fucking inhaled that shit. I probably coughed. I can't remember, but I probably didn't. No, I probably definitely did. Remember spraying Axe? <laughs> I was walking out. I remember seeing a guy right in front of us who parked, you know, once we went back to the school in the parking lot, uh, aired out, and then... Yeah, we literally smoked in a cul-de-sac in front of somebody's house. <laughs> and it was dark, I and mean, it was kind of chill. But, like, if someone walked out, I'd be like, what the fuck are you kids doing here? You fucking idiots, what the So dumb, so reckless uh, back then. But, uh... Yeah, then we went back to the school parking lot. And, you know, did the whole air-out deal, sprayed axe. But then we saw another guy get out. You know, two dudes uh, get out of their car and spray some accident. Like my my buddy was like, you know, they did the same thing as us. I was like, no way, man. And then we get up there, we get up to the line, you know, for the game or whatever. I don't remember you had to buy tickets or not, but you know, they got cops there they, with the little wand, that metal detector, make sure you don't have weapons or anything like that, switchblade, knife, whatever. And I remember being paranoid as fuck, dude. I remember walking. As soon as I walked in the door, I saw the cops. I was like, oh, fuck. I turned my friend. I'm like, dude, there's cops, man. He's like, dude, just act normal. It's fine. It's fine. I like, and I was just freaking out in my head. Dude, they know. Everybody in this room knows. They all know I'm high. They all know. da 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 And I was just freaking the fuck out, man. I was freaking out. <laughs> but I, but like once I got past, you know, I got my ticket and then they swiped me or whatever and patted me down or whatever. And then they just let me go. I was like, <gasps> I just remember being relieved that I didn't go to jail forever for being high. And I was like, oh, I'm okay. You know, they don't care that I'm not hurting anybody. And I, I remember walking to the gym and I thought everybody was staring at me, but you're just so hyper aware. You think everyone's looking at you. You think everything's about you. Da, 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 da. Um, and I remember just hanging out with, you know, the friend slash gang at that time. And I don't remember too much of the game, honestly, but I think it was a fun time. And I had a fun time and it was a good time. Ever since that day, I realized, oh, everything I ever was told about weed's a fucking lie. Um, I was told it made you a loser, made you lazy, makes you, you know, essentially ruins your life. Which it might for some people. I think it definitely makes me lazy, especially at times. But I'm also just a lazy fuck, dude. I've been lazy forever, way before I started smoking weed. And my dad would tell you that. And my dad's not the biggest proponent of me smoking weed. When I first started smoking, he told me, I remember, and I'll remember this probably the day I die. Because the first time I actually, it's not like I stood up for myself. But it's like the first time I actually not even talked back. But it was just like, asserted myself as an individual in this world. Um, and just told somebody who was an authority figure in my life, hey, this is who I am. If you don't like it, 
I don't know what to tell you because I'm going to keep doing it. I remember being on the phone with him. And he was essentially telling me I was a loser. My life was going to shit, blah, 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 because I was smoking weed. And I was like, well, I don't to tell you, Dad. I'm not going to stop. It helps me. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's my choice. Can't live with it, blah, blah, blah. And I think, I don't remember too much of the actual words, but I kind of remember the energy dying down after that and him just, like, accepting that. And just, like, taking a deep breath and, like, <sighs> okay. You know, kind of probably one of those gritting the teeth, like, this motherfucker, I want to fucking strangle my dumbass kid to death. I think he's going down a dark path. Because he did the same thing when he was a kid and realized he wasn't really going anywhere. Uh, joined the military, got disciplined, straightened his shit out. Very successful guy. A lot to learn from. Uh, very uh, insightful. My brother doesn't think so, and I don't know if my sisters think so as well, but that's where that's where we disagree. Um, and yeah, I just remember that being a very... Not like that was a very, like, a turning point in my life or anything like that, but it it was, uh... Definitely important is establishing myself as an individual, as somebody separate from not only my father, my family, but from anybody else in the world. It made me, I'm not saying weed made me feel special, gave me an identity. And it definitely did in the beginning, like, oh, I'm a stoner, man, I'm a pothead, I'm cool, bro, I'm the white Wiz Khalifa, man, I'm a hippie, bruh. Walk around with no shoes, man. I want dreads, bruh. I fucking love that culture. I honestly do. I'm thinking about going back into it. <laughs> thinking about being a beach bum, man. But then you start to worry about bills and money and food. Da, 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 da. And I don't know. Do you want a family someday? And who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, all I know is I'm going to keep continue doing these. And I'm going to stop talking about this. And sorry I went on these long-ass personal tangents here at the end. But, you know, that's just how it goes. I was just f- flowing and just um, recapping and reminiscing about things that I forgot about that uh, were very important at the time. And not only at the time, but have kind of shaped me into the human being I am today And that. You know, I can't imagine if somewhere along the road, and this almost happened actually, where I, you know, got caught smoking, you know, a federally illegal substance and even a state illegal substance at the time, or the states I lived in, because then I'd be a completely different person that would have shifted everything drastically and who knows where I'd be. You know, there's a lot of what ifs, and it kind of gives no, there's no sense in going down what ifs because it just leaves you down a rabbit hole of further what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. Because we don't live in what if land, we just live in what is. Um, you know, and sure, it's good to contemplate what ifs and like what if this scenario happens and you want to be prepared, things like that, but you can't prepare for every scenario. Um, as I said earlier in this podcast, the only way you know something will happen or if that what if will happen is if you fucking you step in there man you take that first step um and it's like fucking robin williams said to uh matt damon in goodwill hunting you know he's so smart he's bound by nothing but 
he's afraid to take that first step because he sees every negative step 10 million miles down the road and instead of enjoying the journey he's not even starting the journey because he's so smart that he realizes that all journeys lead to death or leave it the journey to ending or sadness and you know not all journeys lead in sadness but like Every journey ends, you know, either you're going on a hiking trip or whatever, and you know, at some point you end it. Um, some point you got to go back to work, you know, unless you're just blessed and you don't have to work. Um, you know, I think that's all the point that we all strive for. Otherwise, what are we doing? Um, you know, I guess, you know, some people work to make the world a better place and they have a job so we can do that. You know, and I would like to work and make the world a better place. I'm just not really in a position right now to do that. I do IT support work for a large uh, credit union insurance uh, conglomerate. So, and I guess, yes, end users get value out of this and that they can provide for themselves and their families in the case that a medical or health or even, you know, any kind of emergency happens, you know, they have insurance to back it up and they can pay for these very costly bills that would cripple them otherwise. And even though the insurance will probably kill or pull them and the bills will cripple them otherwise, um, you know, maybe you'll at least give them that mental um, contentment and go to sleep at night knowing that their well-beings might be taken care of uh, as they pass away. So I understand that, but... You know, and those people might drive some value. And, like, I'm not looking... Like, I don't need to have concrete value to... To establish a sense or purpose in this world. I can do that for through other means. Um, and it's kind of why I'm talking this right now. Um, you know... Um, and I think we all want to make the world a better place. It's just, it's hard. You know, we get handicapped. We go down career paths where that might not be possible, you know. Honestly, if I had, you know, all the power in the world and could make, uh, do what I want as far as where my career uh, is right now and as far as technology, I would like to work on AI and you know, I don't know really the first thing behind... I mean, I know AI on a conceptual basis and um, that sort of thing. I can conceptualize it and what it can and can't do. I don't know the technology behind it. I don't know how it's coded. Um, you know, I can all conceptualize that and understand it if it's explained to me by somebody that, that knows that and if I'm showing the programs and things like that. But right now, I don't know it. I don't know the tools. I don't know the languages it's programmed in. I don't even know where to start or where to look. Um and yeah, I'm, I'm actually signed up for some AI training on Amazon Web Services. Um, so I need to do those. And you know what? I'll write that down on my to-do list because it's on my work to-do list. But then I get distracted by work because I'm working and I don't have time to look at this. So I'm going to add that. And I'm uh, I'm going to let this go. This went a lot longer than I anticipated and wanted, but... You know, sometimes you get in a zone and you just want to talk and talk and talk. And yeah, that's how it is. Uh, it's end of episode eight. I appreciate all you guys. I love you. Uh, 
Love yourself, love everybody around you, um, and good things will happen. Bye.